Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak. Do you remember where you were when we elected a Sasquatch president? How about when you learned Ben Franklin was a robot? Or first heard Stalin's mixtape? I'm Zach Powers. I'm Brian Flynn, and we host The Revisionists. Each episode, one person explains real history and another tells an alternate version. And the winner becomes the truth. We let comics from Denver and around the country run wild through history. It's an in-depth look at history, but with more Babadooks. Check out The Revisionists, available every other Saturday. Wherever you get podcasts and at revisionistpodcast.com. Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to The Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy. At Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. This is Justin Neal with The Average Joe Geek Show. You're listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Pop Culture Con 2020 and beyond. Mm-hmm. I'm your host, Brad, and with me is... Zach. And... Henry. And yeah. this week, we saw Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Yep, we did. So Watched some monsters smash some stuff. Yeah, lots of lots of smashy smashy. <laughs> smashy smashy. <laughs> uh, Henry, did you watch Godzilla? Yes. Okay, cool. So we're all in, we're all in on it. So stay tuned to the end of the episode where we will spoil that. We'll do a mini review to kind of give a general idea, and then uh, if you have watched the movie, stay tuned after the trailer, and you'll hear all the spoilery thoughts we had. There's not much to spoil in this movie. Yeah, kind of. I'm not even sure I can remember it. We'll talk about it. <laughs> I can spoil a lot of stuff, but it has to do with like the next four films. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. See, you'll be in charge of that. I'll try to be about the immediate film we just saw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you haven't checked it out yet, uh, online Henry did a video review of all the Godzilla films. All 70 plus of them? All 70 of them. So, yeah, you got to check that out. It's actually really, it's really funny. He, uh, he He's just like, nobody would be dumb enough to do this, right? And then it cuts to the title of the, of the video <laughs> series. It's, it's, it's pretty great, Henry. You did a great job. Did you do <laughs> that on you. the YouTube, our YouTube account or your own? Uh, mine, if you uh, just go, to, if you go on YouTube and type in Chewing the Scenery Godzilla, it should be like the first thing that comes up. Okay. Do you want so, us to add yeah. it to the Real Nerds page? Uh, I just posted a link to it, so. But, but do you want us to add it to the YouTube account? Uh, sure, yeah. Cool. Cool. All right, you heard it here. Official deals being made on the air. I mean, we we don't want our account to steal all your hits, um, so it's perfectly fine if you want to keep it for yourself. But then again... We can discuss the business side of it when we're not recording. <laughs> all right. Let's stop wasting time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're here to talk about... Godzilla, but we also talk about other things. Yeah, we talk about uh, Blu-ray and 4K releases. We talk about what we've been watching. Um, did Corinne send... I don't think Corinne sent in her Catching the Classics this week. I don't see any on the email here. So, so taking a break from that. And well, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> 
don't worry, Curtin. We didn't fire you. That that's not true. <laughs> no, no, not at all. If anything, your your articles are reaching a, ni- a nice different audience that we didn't expect. So that's pretty awesome. Um, and I guess we also go around town with me. With you? Who would want to go around town with you? Actually, before that, we should just talk about our weekend. Yeah, that's right. We um we were at Denver Pop Culture Con 2019. Yes. Um, the first pop culture con. Yeah, the first pop culture con because it's no longer Comic Con, right? Because of legal bullshit. Anyway, um, how is, how burnt out are you? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm used. I, we we've done this for seven or eight years now. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd say it was the busiest we've ever been, like interacting with people. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Because uh, the last day we did like 15 interviews. Yeah. Um, and that's not usually something that happens on Sunday. No. It's usually Saturday. Yeah. We usually would, like, last year we interacted with a lot of people, but not everybody wanted to do an interview, so. Yeah. Um, and we sold a bunch of the merch. Mm-hmm. Uh, only had nine glasses out of 48 left. Yep. A um, couple t-shirts. Yeah. And, so, uh, you know, yeah. selling the wares was good, and uh, uh, I guess you guys took on a larger role. Uh, yeah. This year, so why don't you talk about like your panels and uh, kind of doing the recordings with uh, people? Um, yeah, uh, Henry, why don't you tell the fine folks what you did because you 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 stepped up to the plate, huge man. I recorded all. I recorded most of the interviews. I just played with the mixer for a little bit. <laughs> yep, and then but you also uh, made a little bit of uh, headlines, quote unquote, on the Denver Pop Culture Con Instagram page because you. Moderated. Yeah, I went streaking. It didn't. It didn't go as planned. <laughs> But <laughs> you know, right. sometimes you, you gotta do what you gotta do. You know, do you, it the heart once. They're letting you podcast from jail right now. Yeah, yeah. How's um, life? How's life in prison? Do you think you'll be able to get uh, get on your own outside once it's all over? Uh, I think I should be okay. Uh, luckily, it's not a drug offense, so I should get out in a couple of days. Okay. Um, cool. But uh, yeah, I moderated a panel, yeah. uh, and apparently, I was smiling a lot because they posted a good amount, they posted a, fo- a good photo of me on. It was a very it, it was a warm smile. It was an inviting smile. It's kind, yeah. of, it's kind of smile that says, "Come to Denver Pop Culture Con. We're happy." If you here. zoom, if you zoom in close enough in the photo, you can see in my eyes the misery and death. <laughs> <laughs> well, but from what all, from all that I heard, you did a wonderful job. So, um, and yeah, Thank you, you. Yeah, and yeah, you were, yeah, you like because we. For those who don't know, Henry does a lot of sound stuff out in uh, New York in addition to the film school stuff. And, dude, like, I, I've i never seen you so intense because it's your job, so you're obviously focusing on those levels. But, like, you were just looking at it constantly and just, like, moderating everything. Like, I'd, I'd peek my eye every so often while I was doing an interview, and it was just, like, so much concentration was just, like, balled up in that yeah. corner. <laughs> Most of them didn't require that much. I kind of went overboard with some of them. There yeah. were a couple where, like, the... Like, uh, the interviewee, uh, would, like, turn away from the mic every, like, four words. Yeah. And then turn back to the mic every three words. Yeah. So I I was constantly going up and down, up and down, up and down (laughs) for that one, so. Yeah. No, I had a problem with that on a couple of the interviews on the last day. Um, uh, one of the guys kept, uh, kind of moving his head around because he was looking out outside at the other cosplayers and stuff, and I was like, Yeah. Okay, it's just, let's adjust this as much as we can, but... Uh, yeah. but yeah, no, no, it was awesome. So, um, so yeah, you did all that. And then, uh, Ryan, uh, did moderated some panels. Uh, he had some fun with that on Saturday. Um, and he did his interviews as usual. Uh, and he got a sweet, uh, new George's Jaunty sketch, uh, yep. of Spider-Man, 
um, opening his uh, opening up to reveal his suit like he's Superman. Um, and on that note, we did another interview with Georges along with the many other interviews we did uh, this year at the Pop Culture Con. So you can uh, look for those very soon. Um, I guess that leaves me. Uh, I I ended up filming a panel for a friend, uh, Jenny Kirschdad, who uh, ended up returning the favor and taking photos of our panel um, during the during the time where we were recording. Um, so I ended up doing that, and then Sunday. Um, Ryan asked if I would do the Wolf and the Crows panel um, for Game of Thrones, which I was a little hesitant to do since I hadn't seen the show and uh, have made jokes about it from time to time because I haven't watched it and it's a defense mechanism of mine. <laughs> um, but uh, but I went ahead and did it, and uh, they were actually not our booth neighbors, but like they were in our booth vicinity neighborhood, I guess. Part of the Real Heroes Pavilion. Yeah, part of the Real Heroes Pavilion. And so... Uh, uh, just so I made sure I had somebody familiar in the crowd, I asked Brad to come along and take photos of it. Um, and they were the sweetest guys in the world, and they 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 ran the panel. I just I asked them two lead-in questions, and then I jumped right to the Q and A. I couldn't understand almost anything they were saying, but they had that Scottish accent. Mm-hmm. So I think me and the rest of the crowd were just mesmerized by their accent and just happy that they were fun, fun dudes. Perhaps I, I don't know. I, I could hear them clearly because so. I didn't understand most of their stories. I, I understood. I understood all of them. I mean, like that. One of the guys actually had a uh, an interesting story about being on the set of Dracula Untold because they were talking about stunts that they had done and if there would have been any injuries. And none of them had any issues on Game of Thrones, but one of them had an incident on Dracula Untold, and I was just like, that nice. Like, I mean, like it's cool to hear that kind of tidbit for that film. Um, other people in my life have encouraged me to watch that show, and I think this was the final kick in the pants where I'm like, I have no excuse. I need to watch this show now. Like it's yeah, now that it's over. Yeah, well, I mean that kind of helps. That kind of helps because then now I can just sit down and binge it and not wait week to week. Um, yeah. But now I can kind of. I really like seeing it from the perspective and watching all the fans interacting with them, going like, man, this means so much to them. This like, I got to experience this now. Um, but like, I mean. Apologies to the people who have tried to get me into this show from the get-go, and I didn't listen to them. Um, but they were the sweetest guys in the world. Uh, there'll be photos up soon, and um, uh, if I know uh, Brad, there might be even clips somewhere on the uh, of footage and stuff like that, so we may try to post that as well. Um, and then, I mean, outside of that, I ran into a lot of old friends there, and uh, <laughs> we... Uh, we ended up getting out uh, at the end of the day at like nine p.m. because uh, we were waiting for the cart to help us move our equipment. So uh, no, yeah, I, I felt bad because like I, I left a little early so I could be with my family for my last night. No, dude. And you're... then like then like two hours later, after I had like gotten home and I decompressed and like was about to like we, my family was about to like go out to dinner. Uh, I get a text from Brad being like almost there, and I was like, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so, yeah, I fell asleep in the marshalling yard. Yeah, uh, that th- them calling me woke me up. Yeah, um, and then I sat in the uh, uh, right near the booth, and then I was watching him deconstruct it. And as I w- did, I was listening to fifties and sixties music, and I was just like, "This all seems very interesting and weird to me right now." With the music tuned in, um, at one point I saw two gals who were waiting for their booth to get cleaned up take uh, lightsaber containers from the lightsaber booth and uh, have a sword fight with them. 
so yeah, a lot of things you don't know happen after the con is over. That's when the party really begins. Yeah, that's when the orgy starts. <laughs> we actually, Sam Jones was still wandering around while we were waiting for our cart, and so and you didn't interview him. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I, I, what am I supposed? What, what do I ask him? Hey, have any cocaine? Remember, you were in that movie Ted, right? <laughs> Just say hey. Talk about Flash Gordon. <laughs> Be like twenty bucks yeah. <laughs> for one word. Yeah. Um, also, yeah, we did our live show, and uh, thank you to everyone who attended. We had a lot of people there, which was nice. Yeah. No, I mean it was a nice crowd. Um, and people. Every year it gets it. bigger. So yeah. that's it. One day we're going to be in the big stage. <laughs> well, actually, last year we were. Well, yeah. Like last year we were in a bigger room. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the main stage—that's our goal—is to get that Colorado. Captain Colorado stage or whatever. We need to be in the same position that Critical Role is in. Yeah. I have no idea what Critical Role is, but everybody was there, apparently. Yeah, we need an upper game, guys. Yeah. Um, That's not to dismiss Critical Role. I just have no idea what they do. I just found out about them this year. So. Right on. Cool. Apparently, they're really popular. It's, it's like the biggest podcast. <laughs> what? <laughs> the yeah. biggest podcast? We're the biggest podcast. Shh. Don't, t- don't tell Ryan that. He won't like that. <laughs> um... Uh, but yeah, no. Um, yeah, and I got to just do some cosplay scavenger hunt, which I think might be fun to expand next year. Um, yeah. Uh, thanks again to everyone for buying the merch. Really appreciate it. Like, you know, it it, it makes the you know without you, it's it's not almost not worthwhile to have a booth there. Yeah. So thanks for showing up and uh, supporting it. Yeah. Um, and thanks to Brian Cummings for bringing us a couple of people too to interview. So yeah, uh, yeah, no, he, uh, um, thanks three Oh three magazine for interviewing us. Yeah. People you never usually yeah. want to know our story. Yeah. No. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious to see how it all turns out and whatnot, but yeah, no, uh, my, uh, this just in the real nerds are super fucking stupid <laughs> and think that we were, thought we were actually interviewing them to find about comic con when it's, it's really just a big piece. old fucking joke. <laughs> Uh, if that is, I'm gonna laugh my butt off. Probably also, probably also cry in the shower. <laughs> and that's it. Yep, that's that's, it. that's all it. we did this weekend. None, none of the nerds had any other major event happen to them this weekend. You know, I think there was one thing that happened. Um, Brad, you got a vasectomy. Yeah, yeah, it's done. Congratulations, yeah. Brad. <laughs> <laughs> no, the. Uh... Did you, were you applauding? <laughs> Henry's calling in from New York, and all I hear on the phone is like a distant. <laughs> yeah, there will be no more of my lineage. Yeah, the line must be drawn here. This far, <laughs> uh, no father. <laughs> no, uh, seriously. Blow uh, up the damn balls. <laughs> seriously, uh, James uh, and Brooks welcomed a baby daughter named Leona Lucille Hart. Aww. So use that to look up her social security number. Yeah. Thankfully, she <laughs> looks like her mom. Yes. <laughs> uh, really? No, she's got James's beard. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, James's yeah, beard. That's James's right. beard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We were all kind of worried about that, and uh, the worry was justified. Uh, but yeah, no, congratulations, buddy. And uh, we have a new fan. If there was any reason to miss a con this year, it was definitely that. Either that or herpes. I think both are pretty legitimate reasons. You can go to the con with herpes. That's why I wasn't there the first six years. You ass. Why? I got herpes this year. <laughs> You gotta tough it out like a man. But anyway, yeah, the Denver Pop Culture Con 2019, and everybody was lovely. Thanks to all the volunteers who like gave us water and shit. And, yeah, like helped us out, washed our booth. Yeah, guided us to to our to whatever panels we had to get to. Um, it was a fun time, fun time. And now I'm sleepy. Yeah, and also uh, kudos to Denver Pop Culture Con. I felt 
they felt like a really smoothly run con this year. Yeah, there were, I um, saw nothing. The wrong. aisles were wider. Um, it didn't seem like there were a lot of lines that you had to stand in. Not really, no. So yeah. the crowd moved like fluidly. Like even like if you were trying to get up and down the stairs to to the uh, down to the showrooms and whatnot, like everything was so smooth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was awesome. And navigation was easier this time because I had no idea where the Wolf and Crows one was supposed to be because I had never been to those panel rooms before. Everybody knew exactly where I, where, where I was going, so they gave me thorough directions. So it was pretty. Awesome. I mean, luckily there was approximately like a billion people working for Denver Comic Con this year. So whenever I had a question, I would ask one. Not because I'm stupid, I wouldn't figure it out when they told it to me the first time, and I would walk five feet and talk to the next person, and then I just get it after the third person, and so. <laughs> Everybody's got an answer of some kind to some degree or another. Yeah. I've been there seven times and it's it's still a labyrinth like um because they they wall off that one side. Yeah. So yeah. it just complete completely completely turns me around every time I either go like down the escalator and then like to the other concourses, I guess. Or... There was a, there was an elevator, by the way. On I think it was on Sunday. One of the elevators like was out of commission, and I looked and I figured I found out why. Somebody had smashed the side of the glass on it, um, and it was like and it was just like shattered. It was just like somebody like took a big old swing at it with like a bat or something. Like it was ridiculous. Stay classy, Denver. Yeah. <laughs> I also want to point out that while I was there, well, two bathroom stories. Um, first of all, whenever I went to the bathroom, there would just be tiny liquor bottles everywhere, just all over the bathroom. Oh yeah, uh, so that's fun. Didn't you know um, that's that's the place where you go and party, man? Is is the pop culture con? Yeah, you and, get trashed and then. Uh, Secondly, fun thing I didn't tell you guys when I was there, I took a shit next to Zachary Levi this weekend, which was fun. Whoa, tell us this story. Yeah, I uh, went to the bathroom, uh, and as I was walking into the... Ma- uh, for, for people that did not go to the con, our booth was right next to uh, like the Celebrity Summit area. Right. Uh, so I went to the bathroom, I went to the bathroom there, um, and as I was walking towards it, there were these like 30-something... Probably, that's an exaggeration, it's probably like 15. 15 girls like around the bathroom being like, oh my god, he just went in, he just went in. I was like, fucking. I mean, I, I get it. I'm an attractive guy, but let's let's calm down. And so, I, and so, I walk into the bathroom, and there's like three guards just in the bathroom, like just at the sinks waiting. Uh, and I was like, this was weird. The bathroom was pretty empty. And so I went and I uh, do my business, uh, and then I get up and I go to wash my hands. And Zachary Levi's just standing right there. Um, I washed my hands next to Zachary Levi, and uh, he he was. I didn't interact with him because I felt like, hey. The shitter isn't the best place to interact with a celebrity. So I'll yeah, let, hey, I'll you, let you go on your on way. Your it's, uh, and, uh, but yeah, this weekend I got to get up close and personal with Zachary Levi's asshole. <laughs> really up close and personal? Well, I mean, we were, we were, we were close. So. He, didn't, he, he didn't mention the part where he went over the stall and went, Zachary Levi, I've got tons of questions for you. Yeah. Come to booth 102. Henry Jars with Real Nurse Podcast. Um, <laughs> Is it true that your asshole smells like roses? <laughs> Single ply or dual ply? <laughs> you Charmin or Scott? <laughs> Do you yell Shazam when you pee? Ooh. That would mm. be an, if he did that now in order to promote like he's doing deep promotion now. You know, like it's it's he's gone method with it. Um yeah, I don't think we I don't think I had a, a celebrity experience like that at the con. Sam Jones waved to us in the morning, but that was about it. Oh, I embarrassed myself in front of Cooper Andrews. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> so Ryan moderated Cooper Andrews from Shazam. Uh, he had he moderated his panel, and uh, you were trying to tell him how much you admired him in the movie. And then what happened? 
Yeah, uh, Cooper Andrews asked Ryan to take a photo with him, and I happened to be there with my camera, so I took the photo, and then uh, I tried to you know talk to him, and I I just figured I'd break the ice by saying you know I really enjoyed that your delivery of the line. Uh, um, oh, maybe we might have to eat a real turkey, uh, but it didn't come out. Like that didn't come out smooth. Just imagine how much worse it did when I actually talked to him. Yeah. Um, and I just I, I gave up and looked at Ryan like I I've blown it. And then uh, Ryan recuperated the conversation for me, and I, I finished it. And then he admitted that that and uh, the light bulb scene uh, in Shazam, he all both those lines are improvised. Oh, nice. So they're all his own. Lovely. Yeah. That's a wonderful thing, man. And then uh, yeah, so yeah. Um, now I'm embarrassed because I, I, I stutter too much. Welcome to every single minute of my life. <laughs> yeah, I guess it could be worse. I could be Zach. Yeah, see? There you go. Daily. It's, it's so easy to find a Silver Linings playbook in theaters never again. But anyway. Anyway, thanks again. Yeah, thanks for coming to the Denver Pop Culture Con. Now let's get on with this regular show that we do every damn week. Yeah, let's see what I'm doing around town. Hey, film buddies, follow me around Denver. Uh, this week at the drive-in, they're changing it up. Uh, so the lineup is Aladdin, Dark Phoenix, and John Wick 3. Oh, shit. So they're, the pendulum is swinging back to more adult fare. Okay. Right um, since the kids have had the rule for two weeks. so. Well, to be fair, kids and adults had the rule when uh, uh, Endgame was there, because anybody can watch Endgame. Go see Endgame. It's it's a little violent for the little ones. I mean, excuse me. But that's your discretion. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Not everybody is perfect at parenting. I Some are cool parents. I don't think I'd take someone under under five to Endgame. Oh, I don't know. I think they can handle it just fine. They'll probably sleep. It's that long. I don't know. I don't know, kids. James, your homework is to bring uh, <laughs> your new daughter to Endgame and see that's how right. that goes. You know what, James? Put your money where your mouth is. You want you want it to beat Avatar? We've got to we got to do everything we can. So get Brooks out of the hospital and take her right to the theater to watch Endgame again with the kid. Yep. Make she, sure she's not pitch. required. She's not required. Just the, just take Leona and just see what happens. Yeah, so. exactly. And pay a child's ticket because it, babies usually get in free, but you've got to commit to this in order to make it financially successful. Um, go see Endgame in theater. Bring your now. newborn and try to ruin the movie for everybody. I, there's an Alamo <laughs> for all. I'm sure that she can be a part of. Um. Um, and then she'll, and then she'll, fin- the movie will finish up, and then Leona, baby Leona, will turn to James and go like, "Daddy, that wasn't that great." <laughs> um, not this week, but also was just announced. Mystery Science Theater uh, three thousand live is going back on the road. Woohoo! Uh, More riffs. So, go to the website, check out what uh, date your city is going to have. Yeah, um, ours is not till twenty twenty, but um, they're doing no retreat, no surrender. <sighs> At the Buell Theater. Oh God! For one of them, I almost ruined the board. I would have just, I would have walked out of. You don't. Uh. <laughs> anyway, it's Zach too, almost unplugged it. The stinger is too, the stinger is too close to me. Um. Yeah. So no retreat, no surrender. A fan damn movie. Quote quotation mark. He's air in quotes. it at the beginning and at the end. Yeah, I he, think right. Wait, he's wait. not the star. Yeah, I'm correct, right? He's in the beginning and the end, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and he's, then the, he's a henchman. And then the middle of it is about a guy who. Wants to fight, but other people don't want him to fight, and then he fights anyway, or something. I can't, I think that's the plot. Yeah, know. he's a dojo. He wants to keep the dojo. He's got to fight people. And yeah, and then what, then he doesn't it? surrender. This is one of his guys. Going, like, you know how I feel about fighting. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, 
So sweet, right on. Yeah, yeah. Um, can't think of anything else really on the the local front. Um, got plenty of nice restaurants and stuff like that. That's about it. Cool. Yeah. So let's uh, bring up some movie news. It's real news. Um, actually, pretty light news week. Um, the biggest news we'll get it uh, done right off the bat. Uh. Pattinson is confirmed to be the Batman. Uh, Robert Pattinson, to be specific. Okay. Uh, not Patterson, the movie by Jim Jarmusch. Um, Pattinson. Or Paddington, the bear. Yeah, no. Well, he was the third choice behind Nicholas Holt, so he came close. Um, yeah, no. Pattinson's going to be the Batman. Um, I'm, I, I stated my position last uh, last week, I believe, but I, I'm down with this idea, especially after seeing Good Time and High Life. I think he'd do a fine job. Um and uh, it's ultimately going to depend on what kind of Matt, st- story Matt Reeves is telling. Because my opinion is is that the last three Batman or the last two Batmans we've had are fine. It's just that like it depends on the story they're given. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, so sorry, Nicholas Holt. You'll have to continue being Beast in the X Men movies until they reboot it. Um, Jordan Peele's Candyman uh, reboot, uh, which he's producing. Um, I don't know if it's a reboot or something because I guess Tony Todd's going to be in it uh, and nothing's like I don't know like I, I don't know how this is all supposed to work and stuff but uh, 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 I mean I, I don't know if he's going to be a producer like uh, Bruce Campbell was uh, oh no he'll appear in it yeah and but it, they're not saying what he's going to do so um, uh, yeah I mean I like Tony Todd in those movies so I would love him to be a part of it. I wonder if they necessarily need him to be the Candyman in this film um, or like some kind of version of the Candyman. So uh, we'll see. Jordan Peele's um, a genius, as I've said before many times, and I think he'll do just fine with this reboot. Um, we had a death this week. Uh, Pet Cemetery, uh 2019 had a wonderful cat named Leo the Cat um, playing the role of the cat. Uh, he passed away uh, this week. Um it's a terrible shame. Um, he had uh, really, you know, just he, he scared the shit out of people in that. Like, I don't know. It's hard to do a eulogy for a cat. Um, and then does anybody know much about what's going on with Apple killing off iTunes? I meant to read it, but I didn't. Apparently they're switching the system or they're getting rid of the, the, the library system entirely. And then they're going to have they're going to basically separate out into new apps, the different like formats of media. So like there'll be one for movies, one for music only, and one for television or something like that. So it's basically kind of what the iPhone does to a degree where everything's kind of separated out. So it's not just the iTunes library where you have access to your movies, your like uh, internet radio, your music and your audio books and stuff like that. They're going to basically separate everything out. Um, I don't get that, but uh, I, they make a lot of money, so I'm just going to assume that they know what they're doing. Um, Chris Evans wants to do a buddy movie with Chris Emsworth, and I'd be down to do that. I just want to know what you'd do. <laughs> um, I mean, like, they've both got really nice com- comedic chops. Like, Chris Evans doesn't get to stretch it that much, but he was really hilarious in the Scott Pilgrim vs. the World film. Um, and I actually think he's funny in What's Your Number. Um, I'm not a fan. And people forget that he started as a comedian, yep, and no, not as an action star. Yeah, not another teen movie. Um, and yeah. like 
I like the Fantastic Four movies just fine. Like, they're fun movies, and he's funny in them. Um, stated humor, but whatever. Um, so, yeah, and Chris Hemsworth, obviously. Very funny in the Ghostbusters reboot. Um, I haven't seen the Vacation reboot, but I've heard he's one of the funnier parts. So um, I don't remember him in the Vacation reboot. What? I forgot that he was in that. Yeah, Is I, he? I, yeah, he is. Oh, he, yeah, I remember. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so. Um, but they're buddies in the Avengers, so they've already done the buddy movie. But, but but they don't always have a bunch of screen time together. They have those isolated moments where they're doing the back to back fighting and whatnot. Like, I, give I them, know I'm joking. You know, like, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> um, do any of you know about Magic: The Gathering? I have no idea what the fuck Magic: The Gathering is. I know it's a card game. That's all I know. Any of you guys have any knowledge about it? I know it's a card game. Uh, very little fantasy stuff. Um, apparently, the Russo brothers are working on an animated series of Magic: The Gathering. So I'm assuming there's enough content to make an animated series out of Magic: The Gathering. I mean, yeah, it's like there's there's definitely there's definitely a lore to uh, Magic: The Gathering in terms of like all the different like because I mean, yeah, I mean we have, we have enough cards, it becomes a huge thing. And then also a couple years ago, it was kind of molded also into Dungeons and Dragons, and so right um, there's a lot there's a lot you could work with there. Cool. I mean, I don't um, know. I'm kind of slowly getting tired of the Russo brothers. Oh, really? So, <laughs> Why? Well, I mean, well, I mean, it's it's becoming clearer and clearer that from everything that they're not great. <laughs> like, like uh, there's a lot of conflicting stuff between them and everyone else at Marvel. And from my interpretation of it, it very much seems like, like. Endgame and Infinity War was directed by a studio, and I felt this way about Civil War as well when it came out. I think I said it on the podcast then. There's really there's no style to any of their films in the MCU. Maybe besides Winter Soldier, mm. it, th- those feel the most like it's like machine made blockbusters, and that's fine. It's they're still fun, but there's no style to them. And when you look at and if you watch any of the Russo Brothers films, they're pretty awful, and so. And so I just think, like, I don't... Th- I mean, they're getting a lot of credit right now. And, and, you know, they did make, like, this basically the biggest film ever made. But I think that's less because of them and more because of the studio. Hmm. What other and films so, have they I mean, done? I'm not really... At- I'm not... Well, here's the thing. I'm not attached to Magic Gathering at all, so I don't give a shit. But I am attached to the film that they're making that's going to come out next year. And it's like my... It was like my favorite book of all last year. Um, and I'm really worried because it doesn't... It sounds like everything's not coming together well. Huh. Well, we'll uh, we'll see what happens with that. Um, I, I yeah, we'll see. I've only seen their television work, which I think has been great, and I like the Marvel films. Um, I know they've done. I can't believe you haven't seen you, me, and Dupree. Oh, they did that. Yeah. Oh my. Um, I don't remember hating the movie, but I don't rewatch it, so maybe that's a testament to that idea. But, um, I think that was one of the first Seth Rogen movies I saw te- technically then. Because he's in it, right? In that film? Yeah, I believe so. I believe he's in it. Um, Like, technically, that would have been... Like, I didn't recognize him in anything until I saw 40-Year-Old Virgin uh, and then knocked up. Um, So, but yeah, no. Anyway. Um, And then lastly, this is just news for Brad and I. Brad, we know when the Picard series is going to take place. Guess what? It's going to take place after Star Trek The Next Generation and Star Trek Nemesis. Oh, how, it, it's almost a, like they did the exact thing I knew they were fucking going to do. <laughs> that's not a surprise at all. No. Uh, they gave the exact year, like 2399, uh, 23 years after we last saw him. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. I'm. We'll talk about it in what we've been watching, but I've been, I'm, I'm almost, I literally have six more episodes on season seven before I crack into the next-gen movies again. And 
I mean, I'm excited for whatever they're going to do. I I would really like to not know any more than what we're getting right now. Like that teaser was just enough to get me excited, and so now I'm just kind of like, don't want to know anything. Don't want to even know the plot line. I want to go into it blank. Because um, once it comes out, that's when I'm going to cave into CBS All Access's demands. Because I didn't even give I didn't even give in for Twilight Zone. So why did someone have to put an exact date to it? <laughs> I don't know. It's because it's Star Trek, and we like our facts. We like our dates, or they like their dates. I don't know. I don't care. You know what? I don't. Re- I don't know how the star date system works. I just know that it's not the exact year. It's just like their their log accounts. I'm just like, just make the show, and then let the nerds figure it out. That like that's how that's how the fandom grew. Is the original series they extrapolated all these things, and and like the writers didn't keep track of those things. They just wrote episodes. It was the fans who like notated everything and like made the details. And are, are you sure about that? Maybe we can go to Ron Moore's house and he can tell us some exact specifics, and then he'll tell us to get off his lawn. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> pretty sure I'm right. Um, no, I mean I'm sure you're absolutely right. I mean, like again, like once the thing comes out, then that's when people start tagging on everything and kind of creating the culture. Like that's how Star Trek still exists. Is that three seasons? Like uh, was all they had, and they built a fan base around that. Yeah, like um, the, like the starships, you know, the logistics of how the ship, you know, w- what rooms connect to what rooms on the show. The you blue, know, the there was never prints. a full Enterprise; it was just sets. Yeah. So it was the fans who you know, said, like, okay, well, if this, you know, uh, based on the story, they go from here to here, that must align like this, mm-hmm. and like, there's plenty of inconsistencies that don't match up. So yeah, but again, you know, like. Galaxy Quest is a, an entire deconstruction of that. <laughs> um, yeah. I, oh, God. We're going to be doing Film Explosion 99 soon. I'm going to have to rewatch Galaxy Quest. I haven't seen it in so fucking long. Uh, but anyway, that's news. Cool. Let's um, see what Blu-ray and 4K releases are coming out. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Well, um... You're getting Batman movies in 4K, but not the way you want them, like in terms of the cover. Um, Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, and Batman and Puke. Um, ba- Batman and Robin. Uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Shots fired. I don't like that movie. But, yeah, I, but I will say hot I, take. I do rewatch. Zach doesn't like Batman and Robin. Uh, sometimes I will rewatch it with the Rift Tracks commentary. Uh, but you can get those on 4K, but the covers are kind of lame. Uh, like Best Buy has a steelbook set of all four with... Like just the Gotham City skyline with a bat signal projected, mm-hmm. um, so that's meh. Yeah. But uh, I think I'm just gonna print out my own. Yeah, there you ba- go. Based on the original cooler artwork. Yeah, there you go. Do um, that and, and put the 4K logo on it. Then take a photo of it. Snap Warner Brothers Entertainment on the tag, and then just be like, "Fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you can get Toy Stories one, two, and three in four K. Um, those will also be uh, available on Steelbook as well, and those Steelbooks were pretty freaking nice. Um, I guess they're already sold out. Oh well, then never mind. You can't get them. They're gone, guys. They're fucking gone. Uh, Arrow Video is putting out the Andromeda Strain, a nineteen seventy one film. You can check that out. Uh, Flicker Alley is putting out the Conrad Veidt movie from nineteen twenty eight, The Man Who Laughs, uh, then remastered in four K. Check that out. Uh, that's the 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 look of Conrad Veidt in that film is what inspired the joke the look of the Joker. So uh, if you want to go back into history, you can do that. Uh, you can get the Natural in 4K, a uh, Robert Redford movie that I think is okay. It's fine. 
Uh, a movie that I thought was uh, just fine also, The Man Who Killed Don Quixote, will finally be available on Blu-ray. Um, so you can check that out if you want to see what took 30-something years to get made, uh, what that looks like. There's an encore edition of A Star is Born, um, so I'm assuming more special features that I'm not going to watch anyway because I uh, – I still actually, I still haven't bought the movie, so maybe I'll just get that one. Um, the Criterion's uh, putting out again a film trilogy by Ingmar Bergman, Through a Glass Darkly, Winter Light in the Silence. You can pick that up. Um, Arrow Video is also putting out Trapped Alive – uh, which the cover is a lady uh, who's leaning up against a grave and a man with raggedy clothes is uh, reaching out towards her. Um, here's hoping she survives the night. Uh, and then Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on Blu-ray DVD You can and 4K. You can pick that up. Brad, are you going to be picking that up? Yeah. Right on. Disappointed they didn't do a steelbook for that one in America, though. Yeah. Well. Just in the UK. You never know, though. Like, holidays might come up. They might do something special. I mean, Warner Brothers has, like, done things like that before. Like, they'll re-release some stuff like that. For uh, animated? I don't know. I'll, I've never seen that done. I don't know. Or maybe, at, and also, there might be some kind of agreement with um, Viacom that they can't do anything with it, for all I know. Um, and, yeah, that's Blu-rays. In 4Ks. Cool. Uh, I guess that will bring us to what we've been watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Henry, what have you been, what have you been watching? Uh, not a lot. I didn't have a lot of time. I mean, if you look at my letterbox account, it's, uh, there's a, there's a start gap. A uh, starting and ending during, with, uh, Denver Comic Con. Um, yeah, you too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um... We all kind of did I mean, that. It's going to be a short segment. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that uh, I watched, I went and saw Aladdin. Um, oh. Which, uh... You want to talk about it with me? Because that's what I do. Sure. <laughs> sure, we can talk about it. Like, all right, you start. Um, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Brad. No, I said you start. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, they they changed a good... Well, they didn't change a lot, but they did, they did change some stuff, definitely. Uh, and I will say I like most of the changes. Um, I thought it's a bold move to make the entire second act of this film hitch too. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know, I got applauded. I like, I love myself a little hitch. So you know, um, and then, but that's, I mean, I mean, other than that, um, I watched See You yesterday, which is a Netflix original film. Uh, I think it's made by like an NYU student, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, also interesting is that it's garbage. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, there's some interesting elements in it, but it's a sci-fi film about uh, these two high school students who invent a time machine. They live in Brooklyn. They invented these two high school students uh, invent a time machine to go back in time and prevent a cop from shooting an unarmed black kid. Um, one of their uh, siblings. Uh, there's some interesting elements to it uh, that I thought were like, oh, or I was watching it, I was like, oh, I thought like, hey, that's kind of creative. But other than that, I was like, yeah, it's written pretty horribly. There's no real redeeming qualities in any of the characters. And yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. But if you want to see it, it's on Netflix. Um, and then uh, finally, I watched uh, Always Be My Maybe, which is the new rom com from Netflix, um, starring uh, Randall Park and Ali Wong. Also starring Keanu Reeves for like a solid like fifteen minutes, uh, as himself. Um, 
it's it was it's cute. It's 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 a good uh, rom com. If you like rom coms, then check it out. Uh, it made me kind of fall in love with Randall Park, which I was not expecting to do. So, uh, oh, well, so, don't yeah. stalk him. <laughs> so yeah, and then what do you think of Aladdin? Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, what, so, did, what did you think of Aladdin? Is what he asked. It was, it was exactly pretty much what I expected. Like it's a live action version of the the animated movie. Mm-hmm. Um. I did, again, much like Beauty and the Beast, the new original song doesn't feel like it matches the... Yeah, it, it, it feels very much like it was written this year and not in the 90s. Exactly, yeah. And it feels like, you know, Frozen, the song from Frozen, can we can we duplicate that one more time? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Jasmine has a, her own solo about um, being independent, I guess. Hmm. Um, I the and, lyrics uh, are a little on the nose. Yeah, um, eh, it's, a, it's a Disney film. Sometimes they're on the nose. Yeah. It just feels like it's there to like we need we need to make something about this movie different from, uh, but everything else hits the same story beats. Um, yeah. Um, what else? I think Will Smith is, Smith is totally fine. Um, I I mean I think Will Smith is carrying the entire film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Else? Uh, I, I, I don't know how if you felt the same way, but I was really not a fan of the set set design and the costuming. It felt very cheap and very obviously a set to me. Well, I saw it at the drive-in, so oh, visually okay. I yeah. couldn't see a lot of the detail. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I saw it at the Alamo, and it was very. It, 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 I don't know. If, my sister said said similar things, like where she said, "Like my sister, who's younger than me, uh, said." Uh, it's it felt very much like a Disney Channel original movie, uh, which is never a good sign. And so yeah, I can see that. It, it felt like a lot of the scenes were a a real set, but everything was extended digitally. Yeah, yeah so yeah. it still felt small. Yeah. Um, um I guess chasing the lamp. Actually, I'd I'd forgotten the story uh, mm-hmm. up until I watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once I got close to the end, I I, I started to remember how uh, Jafar gets defeated. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was fun to kind of refigure that out. Yeah. Uh, so the ending was kind of a surprise. So, so that was fun. Yeah. Um, and then, I, yeah, I don't remember the biggest the animated... benefit this film has is the original not being memorable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't remember in the original. Did the genie have like, uh, was he like interested in, in like one of Jasmine's maidens? No, the, no. the, Nassim Pedarad character is completely original and was not in the original film at all. Okay. So. Um, yeah, and then her dad felt like he was constantly dying. Yeah. Like he he was also a wasn't bed. a big goof like in the original film, which I liked. Yeah. <laughs> so that was odd, an odd choice. Um, I actually convinced my because I saw it with my mom and my brother, who's like 10. Um and uh, when we left the theater, my mom was like, "Who is the guy who played the uh, like the father?" And I was like, "Oh, that's uh, that's uh, what's his name, Mark Strong." And she was like, "Really?" And I was like, "Yeah." And I convinced her it was Mark Strong for a solid three days. Um, pretty proud of myself, actually. <laughs> Wait, so it wasn't Mark Strong? No, it's just a random actor. But okay, I, but I, like he's got like the same diction and same like phrasing of everything as Mark Strong. So 
do, do you do you just like go around and convince it? I I hope this is like a natural thing with you. Like you'll go around and convince people. Like no no no, Leonardo DiCaprio was totally in Sea Biscuit. Don't you know? <laughs> yeah, have I not told you the story of how at my high school graduation uh, they wanted an autograph from all the people, so I autographed my name as Leonardo DiCaprio. Are you serious? No, yeah, I didn't realize it. Oh, that is- yeah, they were at my graduation. They're passing around this diploma because apparently it was one of the, our vice principals last year's. Oh, okay. And he wanted like a a thing for of like all the graduating class, <laughs> and it got to me, and they didn't explain this to us when they were passing it out. And so I was like, well, I'm not going to sign my name on something I don't know what it is. So I broke down Leonardo DiCaprio and just sent him along, and so. Oh now God. he so it's hanging in his office, I guess, is just a, a diploma of all the graduates of 2015 and Leonardo DiCaprio. So, well, you know, you, you never know. Like he, he might look at that one day and be like, "Huh? Oh, that's right, that handsome young man." Oh, I think his name's Henry now. <laughs> Was not handsome in high school. Anyway, what else did you watch, that, uh, Brad? Um, yeah, the Denver Comic Con is erased my memory uh i for last week i forgot to talk about i got the uh mighty morphin power rangers shout factory version blu-ray uh, of the movie or the so, movie okay right on um and that's cool there's a lot of special features about the behind the scenes making of it and how um like they have some of the, the actors on there talking about you know the politics of making that movie there was politics behind the making of this movie yeah the, the show is like uh, owned by fox but um, like they're making the movie and they don't want the movie to like overshadow like they don't want the movie to stop the show oh, okay um, so there's yeah and then uh, the like they they had a bunch of scripts that they weren't happy about and then the director Brian Spicer came in and he he wrote one um, so when he got hired there was nothing um, he had to write it himself <laughs> um, what else um I just didn't know there were politics yeah. behind the making of this movie. <laughs> yeah, there's politics behind any movie. Oh, very specific ones, I guess. Like, I don't know. Just, it's what it is. There's always battles between the creative team and the business teams. I just had to know. any I, movie. Yeah, I guess I just didn't know that Fox was worried that it would kill the show or anything like that. Yeah, they didn't really... I mean, it doesn't go too deep on it, but I, I was trying to understand what the like how having the movie out would make the show suffer. Um, and they, you know, they just switched over the cast at that point. Um. Yeah, so it, it's. I mean, compared to every other release, which I imagine was just the movie, uh, not remastered. Uh, this is pretty awesome. Um, I mean, the movie's still awful. Uh, <laughs> the CGI at the end is very early '90s. Um, I didn't. I didn't realize the. A lot of the sets, like it's. It was so cool in the show that they had real model. Zords, mm-hmm. like and like stop motion animated fighting, right. and then they I don't know why for the movie they went because they talked about the animation budget was enormous, uh, and they had to like you know ask for another twenty million to finish it uh, for this awful CGI sequence when we were perfectly happy with the model Zords from the show uh, would have been more convincing, um, and Paul Freeman's on there uh, doing interviews, uh, you know he's not ashamed of. Ivan Ooze or oh, the movie, so uh, that's awesome. You know, talking about how he, you know, spent so much time in his makeup and, um, you know, trying to eat through his fake teeth and stuff. So, um, yeah, I got a Double Impact came in on Blu-ray. Woohoo! Uh, starring Jean Claude Van Damme. What? Jean Claude Van Damme. Damn. What? Yeah. 
Jean-Claude Van Damme. <sighs> I keep trying to add Va- Dam Van to it because yeah. I've been programmed to by myself. Yeah, Go see Jean-Claude Van Damme's Dam Van. Uh, and that's an extensive. I haven't gotten through the whole set of bonus features yet. Uh, it's pretty extensive. Is there a documentary on there? Like a... There's two di- There's two making of, like it's split into parts, two oh, parts. Okay. Um, and there's a bunch of behind the scenes, deleted scenes, um, like un- like footage that's just in black and white uh, that wasn't mastered, um, uh, you know, trailers. Uh, that's most of what I've been through. And there's still more. So uh, that's a release from MVD, Rewind, and uh, they do some really great work honoring those classic titles. Um, yeah, I guess that's it for this week. Okay. I'm going to try to stretch it out. Cool. I know I watched other stuff, but whatever. I don't know. Um, well, I'll get through mine pretty quick. Oh, The Hustle. Oh, The Hustle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, the the remake of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Uh, almost plagiaristically, the remake of Dirty Rotten. Like, there's, really? Uh, there's a lot of the same lines. Like, I just rewatched Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, I don't know, four weeks ago, three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, they, they changed it to female protagonists <laughs> they're scamming people i don't know if they're really protagonists but um they're con artists yeah um but they're lovable con, art- con i artists. figured the con would be different uh but it's literally the same structure and uh result so are, are the the li- like the are the lines of dialogue the exact exactly the same from the original script or? i mean i i didn't hold them side by side and check but i felt enough like it i mean especially at the end when uh rebel wilson shows up she's you know he uh the the I don't know, the the real con is taken off with their money and they have that exchange back and forth like mm-hmm. you know it just felt like I was watching um, Steve Martin and Michael, Michael Caine, Caine yeah do that scene but they're women mm-hmm. um, you know stuff like the the hiding in the trash is different but even the movie starts with like the, you know she's on a train or they're both on a train yeah. and they're going to this town that has like you know rich people like. I don't know. I, I thought they would change more, um, but it's it's a lot just, you know, that movie, but as, as women. Mm. I mean, I'm still interested in seeing it. Um, I, I, my concern was never, like, the, the gender switch. It was just, like, well. Oh, I thought you saw it. <laughs> no, no, I haven't. No. Sorry. No, James saw it. Ah. All right. But I've seen Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. I know how the story goes. Yeah. Um, like, so I, I can't imagine they changed too much. I was just concerned, like, if they were going to follow everything too literally from the original film, because they were advertising a lot of, like, the a lot of the press around it was that it is a remake of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. I'm like, don't tell me that. Just just claim it's something else or something, you know? But, like, that's the only thing. Like, I don't, I, for all I care, like, Rebel, like, they can have anybody in those roles. And I like Rebel Wilson. I think she's hilarious. Um and Anne Hathaway, I think, is secretly genius in Ocean, Ocean's 8 because uh, she's kind of playing into the thing that people seem to hate her for for some reason. Uh, and she kind of plays that up. So I, I know they're both talented. So I just I, – I don't know. I'll see it eventually. Yeah, I, I, I would prefer they just called it Dirty Rotten Scoundrels 2019 because yeah. um, calling it The Hustle made me feel like, yeah, it's it's similar. Uh, the con's similar, but we've done – you know, it's not – you know, trying to make this guy love them and then getting them the money or whatever. Like, there's other premises. There's other cons to be done. I'm assuming their characterizations of who they're playing in the con are a little different. But no, I mean... Really? Rebel Wilson is... Paraplegic in it? 
Um, like Steve Martin. I, I actually, to be fair, I also passed out a little bit. Like not for most of the movie, but sort of towards like the part in Dirty or on Scoundrels where um, Michael Caine takes Steve Martin under his wing mm-hmm. and kind of does what's, what's the eye, eye patch character that he does called. I can't Renfield remember the name, or something. but yeah, it's it's uh, I I can't remember the name, but he's like I have to go to the bath. May I go to the bathroom? Yeah, <laughs> so like kind of that point of the movie from you know from there up until. Kane gets rid of him mm-hmm. is kind of the same part I missed in this movie. Okay. So, um, yeah. All right. Well, right on the hustle. Yeah. Um, yeah. So similar. I was, I was surprised. Right Your turn. All right, cool. Um, I, I'll go through pretty quick. Um, I did a fitness cinema session, um, before the con, uh, uh, and it was a movie I hadn't seen before. It's called white house down. Uh, with Channing Tatum, Jamie Foxx, and a whole slew of other people, um, it's it's fine, but it's, it's not Die Hard in good. the White House. Yeah, but it's not the Die Hard in the White House. You know, the one that's stupid and insane. It's called Olympus Has Fallen. I'd like to be on the record and say that I like White House Down better. Really? Okay. What hundred percent? Why? These two, because these two characters have chemistry. And can actually have charisma and pull a movie, whereas Gerard Butler is a brick with a face. I I I'm not opposed to your to your opinion on that. Um, I liked Channing Tatum and J- Jamie Foxx in the movie. Um, I think they work well off of each other. Is this the one where they drive a Cadillac across the CGI White House lawn? Yes. yes okay. Yes, <laughs> yes. 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 They do. Uh, for those who don't know, and it has uh, a rocket launcher in it, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it does. Uh, and he, but he loses. Oh, he loses the rocket launcher, and J- and Channing Tatum asks appropriately, "How do you lose the rocket launcher?" Um, but uh, I mean, it, it's. I think what I like about Olympus Has Fallen more than White House Down is just kind of like how it seems like it moves efficiently. So this movie's two hours and ten minutes. White House Down is, and uh, I um I I kind of felt like it was lagging at certain points, and it wasn't really keeping my attention and. James Woods' bad guy is kind of, like, just as generic as the one in Olympus Has Fallen, so there wasn't, like, anything above it for me. Um, I love the scene where Channing Tatum shoots him down with, like, a big old, like, machine gun. Uh, And there's certain action scenes that are interesting, and I I actually like the way that not Woods' character, but the villains are very, like... They're almost like ahead of their time. It's like a bunch of alt-right nutbags like seizing the White House. I'm like, oh, that's that's, that's very premonition. Or uh, what? What? I can't remember the word. Anyway, it's ahead of its time uh, in that respect. But the whole movie kind of what was that, Henry? Oh, my chair squeaked. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, but no, I mean it's but it's fine. Like I'd rewatch it. Like it's it's honestly the most fun Roland Emmerich movie I've seen in a while. Um, uh, and that's because I, I didn't really like I didn't really care for uh, resurgence. And he did another movie about the Stonewall incident. That's not good. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like it's it's actually the Roland Emmerich movie. I like watching as opposed to like I don't really care for Independence Day and stuff like that. But I like Day After Tomorrow. Um, and I I've kidded about the Godzilla remake, but I I actually think like it's fun to watch from a silly perspective um so oh, you're wrong 
No, it's fine. It's fine. You know, just mm. sit back and laugh. Just sit back and laugh at the ridiculousness. They should have called it something else other than Godzilla. Then. Oh, I know. It's not a Godzilla movie. I I, I understand that, but as a T Rex is in the city movie. You know how dumb this. You know how dumb that movie is to the point where I just start laughing my ass off. Is like he's he was so angry at Siskel and Ebert that he named a fat mayor Roger Ebert, and that and that mayor loves to eat. <laughs> Doesn't he love it? Um. So. But yeah, I mean, White House down, it's fine. I I don't, you don't, it's 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 fine. It's fine. It's not Olympus has fallen for me, but um, uh, it's better than London has fallen if that's any help. Uh, and uh, other than that, it's in TNG. Um, I am now officially six episodes away from finishing season seven. A uh, lot of great memories to go down. Um, you know, uh, I I I really loved the uh. Troy and her mom episode where she where she has to navigate her mom's mind um, and Troy discovers she has a sister that drowned when she was younger and uh, I started crying when she they're kind of like talking about it after just before she has a vision of the kid and gets to talk to the kid um, and uh, the uh, there's there's a there was a couple other moments uh, um Worf, Worf and his uh, foster brother, played by Paul Servino, that was a good episode. Although, as I'm a, as I'm also a Martin Scorsese fan and thus a Goodfellas fan, when I see Paul Servino on screen, I part of me turned that entire episode in my head into just a Goodfellas parody with Star Trek. Um, so, like any time he would get angry, I'd be like, "You treated me like a fucking jerk, Worf, a fucking jerk." Now I gotta turn my back on you. Um, uh, so yeah, and then um, I uh, I had forgotten about Lower Deck, um, the episode where it's centered around some of the like lower class officers um, and one of the guys from Ten Forward who just serves them drinks, um, and one of them who I can play. So like that, there's an episode in season five or six I think where Wesley and his flight group are being investigated for a stunt they pulled um, near Onova. Um, and one of them, um, Saito, um, or the, the, the uh, I think she'd be, she would have been Lieutenant Sido by the end of this episode, I guess. Cause, um, uh, but anyway, Sido gets to redeem herself, um, from that incident. And, uh, she's a Bajoran and she helps lead, uh, helps a Cardassian get back to his home. Cause the Cardassian's a double agent. Um, but she doesn't make it, and so it's 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 a fun episode that deals with a side of Star Trek that you don't normally look at all the time, and then turns into a s- sweet moment. It's one of the it's one of the best written episodes of the series, hands down. Um, I yeah, really it's cool like to it. see uh, like the main characters kind of as background characters. Yeah, and that sequence with uh, the poker tables between the, where it's cross cutting between the two games is brilliant editing. I love it. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then Picard. Like, he was hard on her, but he generally uh, feels regret over his decision to send her on that mission. Yeah, and you know, and he, and he even says in that he he even says to her in the meeting, he's like, "I didn't really come here to grill you. I came here to make sure you were ready for this. Because if you're not ready for this, like, if I can't count on you to put aside those feelings, how can I expect you to put aside your feelings about the Cardassians in order to carry out this mission to help out a Cardassian cooperative?" Um, so it, it it was it, it's it's a great episode and i love it um, as someone who doesn't watch or pay attention to star trek this entire time i thought you said kardashians and i was yeah. like what the fuck is this show like so 
You know, well, you know, when you watch Deep Space Nine, Kim, Chloe, and Kendall Jenner are—they're all there. I mean, like they're all on the on the space station, and Cisco has to deal with them on a weekly basis, guys. No, uh, it's Cardassian and not Kardashian. No H. Um, and then, um, uh, actually, just before you guys got here, I um, finished up the Wesley episode where he uh, goes off with the Traveler. Uh, the episode before that, though, Genesis. I've forgotten how fucking nuts that that episode is. Uh, basically, they all start turning into they start devolving into prehistoric animals. Yeah. Uh, so Troy turns into a frog lady, and the way she looks, I was just like the shape of water in space. Um, and yeah, uh, Riker's an, an ape. Yeah, and Barkley turns into a fly, and I, it's all Barkley's spider. And it's all Barkley's fault, by the way, because he got that fucking flu. Yeah. Um, and uh, Worf turns into like a Klingon beast. Which you know, I, I don't think he has eyes. I can't really see in the lighting and whatnot. I don't think he has eyes, so it's like really creepy. Uh, Gates McFadden apparently directed the episode, mm. and uh, I think actually, like, out of any Star Trek I've ever seen ever, this is one of those ones where I, where I I'd for it's. This one, like, it's not. I don't think it's a great episode per se, but that scene where Barclay pushes up against the glass, looking like a human fly, that gave me a genuine jump scare revisit, rewatching it. So uh, that was a that was a fun job. It's not like it's not scary, chill me to my core, but that was a good like ah. Um, but uh, so yeah, I, th- I think she got her start in makeup. Um, so doing like a show about. Monsters make sense. Yeah, no, and it and it's shot well. Like it's shot like a horror movie to a degree. Um, like there's the the scene where the wharf monster is chasing Picard down, or he's well, Picard's leading him out with the scent, um, and they're in the shafts. Uh, it's it's well shot and well executed. And I like that shot where he's kind of curled up in a ball in the corner, going like, "Well, Mister Wharf, next time you wake up, let's hope you uh, become a new man." <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, no, it's a uh, it's it, it's an interesting episode. I, I like I said, I don't think it's one of the best episodes, but it's definitely an interesting one. Um, oh, and uh, oh no, she's wh- director of choreography on the puppet movement for Labyrinth. That's right. That's oh, what I'm thinking of really? Right on. Um, oh, and um, Worf and Troy. Um, the or the episode where um, Worf uh, goes through the has the quantum fluctuation throughout him uh, is a fun episode. Uh, and I managed to take some photos of that surprise party. And my new favorite thing in the world is looking at this picture I have of Jean-Luc Picard eating cake. Uh, and it is pretty lovely. Um, it's the picture you all need in your life, guys. Patrick Stewart eating cake. That's all I watched this week, guys. Sorry, my uh, f- accidentally hit the uh, install new iPhone uh, iOS update, which cool. I always pass on. And now I think it's uh, gonna break my phone. Now, now it's time for you to update your damn phone. No, it was fine. Did not need the updates. Trying to break my phone, so I have to get a new one. Uh, all right, that brings us to our movie of the week, which was Godzilla: King of the Monsters. Henry, should people watch Godzilla: King of the Monsters? Uh, if you know what you are walking into, yes. Uh, Godzilla: King of the Monsters is very much a Godzilla film. Uh, meaning that the fucking human plot is garbage and makes no fucking sense. But the fight stuff, it's a beautifully shot and edited film. Um, and I definitely recommend seeing just, I mean, if you watch the trailer and if you're impressed by the cinematography there, you'll probably be impressed by the film in general. Uh, and if 
Yeah, that's the only thing I'd say. I would see it if you don't give, if you know that it's a Godzilla film and not a actual f- film that's supposed to make sense. Mm-hmm. Zach, I, I actually I agree with Henry. Um, I think you should go see it. I think it's a fun monster movie. Uh, Godzilla smashes stuff. Uh, uh, Kigidora smashes stuff. Rodan smashes stuff. Um, I. Uh, I, it's not really a complaint. It's just that I do wish, even though I understand that the human story is not important, it doesn't matter in these movies. I, I mean, like, I kind of like the idea of what they want to do for, like, a universe kind of thing. So I kind of wish the story was a little bit better. But I hadn't seen the Godzilla 2014 thing. So I don't know if anything from this one was carried over, like, truly significantly. Um, and I haven't seen Kong Skull Island since it came out. So. I kind of walked in blank. Most of the blanks were filled in, but uh, in terms of the actual movie, which is just Godzilla doing things, this movie's pretty fucking great. Uh, and I like the the designs of it because they're clearer than what I remember in the Godzilla 2014. Like, they don't feel CGI to me. They kind of feel like they could be a rubber suit to a degree, but just like a really sophisticated rubber suit. Um, so, yeah, I, I would go see it. And Bear, McCre- Bear McCrary's score is awesome. Uh, this is one of my favorite scores that I've heard this year in a summer blockbuster. So... Yeah, I like that end credits song. Um, so, admittedly, I passed out a couple times watching this movie. Um, saw it on Saturday after the con, so... Um, and we had a terrible audience. And the audience was terrible, but I'm not going to, like, yet again talk about a, a movie with a terrible audience on this podcast. That's fine. I will. Um, but overall, uh, yeah, it, visually, it's really pretty impressive uh it's it's very epic but uh, also i was in the second row and there's a lot of flashing lights in this movie um i'm not epileptic epileptic um but i was pretty like i was just kind of annoyed by the end of it that uh there was so much kind of flashy visual arts to it um because there's so much chaos and so much destruction going on like i'm already having a trouble and there's so much there's so much editing uh back and forth between you know, the human story and the action that I was just like so frustrated falling. I felt like I was falling behind constantly moving, trying to keep up and, and the human story, uh, you know, it's sweet, but I just didn't care. Um, and it felt like a lot of the human characters are just there to explain the movie for you. Um, and I don't know, I feel like I'm smart enough that I can watch just a monster movie without that. So, um, they're exposition stick figures. So I, I might try to watch it again. I don't really want to, but, um, it's okay. It's fine. Um, you, at I least mean, ha- just do what literally every quote Godzilla fan does and just wait till it comes out on Blu-ray and watch the fight scenes on YouTube. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. I was going to say, I, I will give it props that it at least had more Godzilla fights in it than Godzilla from 2014. So, thank you. Yeah. Uh, and here's the trailer for Godzilla, King of the Monsters. What we are witnessing here is the return of titans. How many of these things are there? Seventeen and counting. That's messed up. (laughs) Mothra, Rodan, Kidora. Oh my. They're moving like a pack. They're hunting. They all respond directly to an alpha. 
we stop this Ghidorah, we stop them all. Is there another creature that might stand a chance against him? Godzilla free. Oh, yeah, sure. Let's bring him in for a beer. No, this time we join the fight. Run. Godzilla's world. We just live in it. Damn right. Do we even need to do a plot synopsis on this one? I don't think it matters, does it? Um, can I try? Yeah, sure, go ahead. Because I, I missed a lot of it, so let me see if I figured it out. You get one shot, and if you don't, I shut you off. Okay, uh, so Vera Farmiga and Kyle Chandler, um, they split up because they have different philosophies on how uh, to deal with um, monsters. And uh, Millie Bobby Brown is caught in between that. Mm -hmm. And there's a terrorist organization led by Charles Dance who has a philosophy on how to deal with the monsters. And he recruits Vera Farmiga to help him because she's figured out how to control them with the alpha signal. And then the United States government wants to control that signal, too. So it's really kind of a power struggle between them. And they're just kind of caught between uh, the power struggle of Godzilla and uh, Ghidorah. And Ghidorah. King, yeah. King Ghidorah. King Ghidorah. Yeah. Ghidorah. Yeah. Um, and all the other monsters just want to have a leader. So they just follow whichever one kills the other. And uh, eventually all that strife brings... Vera Farmiga and Kyle Chandler kind of back together so that their their daughter doesn't become totally traumatized by the experience. And then Vera Farmiga sacrifices herself, um, and it's sad. And Godzilla kills King Ghidorah, maybe. Uh, stay through the credits. And, um, oh, yeah, you left. Ha -ha. Yeah, shit. <laughs> oh, fuck me. Yep. Uh, um, so, yeah. Uh, so she sacrifices herself for her daughter because she realizes she made a mistake. Uh, di you know, making this alpha signal. Um, it should, they, everyone should just trust a Godzilla to be the king of the monsters. Um, and it's super cool when Godzilla, you know, you can power him up with a nuke and he will become super powerful and just annihilate everything. Wow, that was actually really good at describing the plot of this film. Did I get it? Yeah. So, and you kind of slept at certain parts, so that kind of gives you a hint at how subpar the human story is, um, and why it isn't important. Um, I mean, like again, I, I mean, it's it's a dumb wish, but I kind of wish that the story would have been fun with the humans, so that way it's not an entire loss. But you know, when I rewatch the old Godzilla films, like I don't, I give two shits about what the heck they're talking about. I'm like that you could riff tracks all those for all I care, and then just show me the fight scenes too. So, um, but yeah, no, I mean, 
Henry, like, so... Yeah, Henry's our Godzilla expert yeah, now. J- j- so I haven't watched another older Godzilla movie in a while. Like, the only one I really go back to is the original one, and I think that's mainly just because I just... It, I don't know why the, it's just a point of entry for me, but... And the, the original Godzilla film is different from literally every other Godzilla film. Yeah. Like, so- when, when 2014 Godzilla came out, I pointed... I told people... It's the same thing that like everyone's complaint about the film is what the original Godzilla film is. Yeah. Godzilla only appears in like five minutes of the original Godzilla film. Right. That's, that's um, so. That's what I was gonna say. So like, that's why I remember liking Godzilla 2014 is because like it kind of follows in line with that original film, which is the one that I go back to the most. This one though f- seems to fall in line a lot more with the sequels and like the kind of like the the, the wacky directions that they've gone in in the series history. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's 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 a ton. Uh, I mean, I, I give the director a lot of credit because there is a ton of references to like the other universes and that kind of thing. Um, like, uh, uh, I mean, they refer to uh, uh, King Ghidorah as uh, Monster Zero throughout the film. Uh, that is like uh, that. That's a direct reference to uh, Invasion of the Astro Monsters. Um, they reference the oxygen bomb a lot in the film, obviously, mm. and that's how they originally destroy Godzilla in the original film. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember where, where I was going with this. Um, I but I mean, like, if it, I I like the f- there's a lot to like about this film if you're a Godzilla fan is basically what I'm saying. Right. Um, and it's definitely like I'm interested in seeing where I mean the there's been now three three films in the legendary universe uh two if you don't include kong which i kind of don't um but with that they've already invented like four monsters which i'm not really a huge fan of like uh because there was muto and the 2014 film and they introduced three new monsters in this film um and there's just a lot of monsters, and I feel like let's not invent some. Let's go to the ones that exist. Like, um, and so like we'll get into it. Like when we start talking about like where the where the franchise is going, because because I mean the after credit scene spoilers. Um, I guess um, the after credit scene is uh, what's his name? Evil dude who Vera Farmiga works for Charles Dance. Um, yeah, uh, he finds like one of the heads of uh, King Ghidorah. And he's like, uh-huh. Um, now, and, and also, there, there's a couple references to uh, Skull Island, but because that's that's the next the next film is obviously King Kong versus Godzilla, which is not going to be. It's it's in a very similar vein to Batman v Superman. It's not going to be a fight between them. Um, I was because, gonna say, like, I, I mean, can't imagine King Kong standing up to Godzilla when all he like he can shoot lasers out of his mouth. Yeah, well, it's also every time historically that King Kong and Godzilla has, have fought, King Kong gets to sit like this destroyed, like um, <laughs> almost immediately. Like <laughs> he has no powers; um, he's just a giant monkey. Yeah, and so like the what I mean, so there's three theories of where the film is going, uh, and like it, so it's like either. The the obvious one is that he's going to take the head and make Mecha uh, King Ghidorah, or one of the other various uh, uh, adaptations of King Ghidorah. There's been like fifteen of them, right? Um, so it's like, and then the two of them will team up and fight that. Potentially, maybe getting into a Mecha Godzilla, uh, Mechani Kong kind of thing as well. Um, so that's one theory. Um, another theory that I read about, which I, is probably the one I feel like the least is going to happen. A lot of people were like, oh, it could be like this one character, I think was, the name was Bukuan or something like that. 
But whatever that monster is, is a deleted scene from Godzilla Final Wars. And so, and it's a char- it's a monster that was later in a video game, but was originally only in a deleted scene of one of the films. I feel like they're probably not going to do that. Um, and then a theory that I have, uh, is that they might, I mean, and this is like a long shot, cause I feel like they probably won't do this. This is basically like almost like the Thanos of this universe. But they could introduce Destroya into it as well, who is a, a monster who, because like we, de- in the, the original lore of it is that uh, King Kong, uh, not King Kong, Godzilla was born out of the nuclear out of a nuclear bomb, mm-hmm. uh, and then we de- we defeated uh, Godzilla with uh, an ox an oxygen destroyer uh, type bomb, and then Destroya is the monster that was born out of that, um, and so I f- they they could very much go down that path as well, but I feel like they're probably not going to because that's kind of like an end game. That's kind of like a, a la- much later v- villain. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I think it's most likely going to be, obviously, Mechagodzilla and Mecha, uh, Ghidorah. Because that's also, like, kind of the obvious way to go. Because that's the only other major Godzilla monster that they've not touched yet. Okay. And also, I mean, it's also, I mean, I, every time Mechagodzilla comes up as garbage. But that's regardless of the point. Um, <laughs> if you really look into the history of the series, because the entire series was created by Ishiro Honda, who wanted to make a very serious kind of film, like... A, a, a humanist film, but involving kind of like the destruction of war and how that happens. And then he just ended up being typecast as the Godzilla director for the rest of his life. Um, and like his, I think his last film was Terror of Mechagodzilla. And it's, it, it whenever Mechagodzilla comes up, it's just, it's just a bad time. And so uh, I'm hoping they don't go their way that way. If they do, I'm hoping they approach it more from a Terror of Mechagodzilla 2 uh, way, where that film was all about the pilot of Mechagodzilla. And kind of, like, almost like the Starfleet of people who, like, they basically form, like, a new military, people who operate Mechagodzilla type of stuff. And if they go on that option, that could be cool, but that's kind of my best-case scenario. Um, yeah, I mean, it's basically what I'm predicting is where we're going to go. Uh, that being said, this film did not do very well at the box office, uh, so it's very possible that we'll do Godzilla versus King Kong and then be done. So Yeah. That's entirely possible. I mean, and also, like, seems like a lot of different things are cannibalizing each other. Like, between Rocket Man and, yeah, also have Aladdin and whatnot, it's a crowded weekend. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, like, you know, we, we never know. Like, God, God, Godzilla vs. Kong is already confirmed to be released, so maybe that will surprise people because people have time to catch up with everything. Because, um, I mean, from my point of view, it's an unexpected franchise that technically still has legs to to walk on for now um mm-hmm. like i mean like I, I mean i don't know how sturdy they are i just know that they're technically still walking um I, I so uh i i thought it was cool seeing uh the ones that i was aware of like mothra and um rodan but uh there was one that i'm not familiar with and maybe i'm an idiot henry uh, there's one that looks like it's a sloth mixed with an elephant or something like that one of the monsters. Yeah. What is in that? In this film? In this film, uh, yeah. In, yeah, there's, well, there's, they introduced like three new monsters that they created for this film. Mm. And so I don't know their names. I'm not, but that's another theory is that like, they could just create more monsters, which I kind of don't want them to do. I kind of want them to just like, there's so many monsters, like make a, like make a Gigan film. Yeah. Who's just like, a, who, who represents all of violence. Um, <laughs> uh, or, uh, make a, uh, uh, there's a uh, one that everyone likes talking about is uh oh shoot it's the plant one 
um, where it's basically a plant. They mix the genes between uh, Godzilla and a flower, and it makes like this giant plant monster. Uh, Biollante. Uh, people really like that one. Make a Biollante film. Fuck it. Just, we have interesting characters that we can make films on. Stop making things. Because <laughs> Muto is the most boring Godzilla creature ever made. And we don't, clearly you don't know what you're doing. Just look at the history. Or also, because one thing I really liked about this film is that they kept King Ghidorah as a space god. Um, and as an alien. Which is really good because that's what he's in the original series as well. Um, but there's so many alien races. Like, throw in more alien stuff. Because that's where it gets really interesting with spies. You can make the human part fun because the human part in the original stuff can be fun because there's a lot of like, they do, they have like aliens and like spies. Like that, like this conflict type stuff going on. Like, get the Atlians in here. Uh, get the Zalians. Get the Futurians. Get the Mysterians. Get the uh, apes from, or like, I think they're called the apes from the third planet, from the black hole. That's that's another race of them. There's so many races of aliens. Just have them come in here at some point. Um, you, they can make an interesting franchise of this. That's really goofy and fun, but you need to do it. <laughs> so. <laughs> You have to actually give a shit to do you it. You can't... Pre- you, here's the thing. They want this... Like, they're kind of acting like... Like, this film very much... What I didn't show I had of this one was that it's very self-serious in a way. Where it's like, oh, we're gonna be serious because monsters fighting. Fuck, fuck, shut the fuck up. Like, next film we're gonna have giant fucking robots in it. Yeah, like, that that's actually something I wanted to bring up. This movie, while it's fun, it has, it has the same problem I kind of had with the... Well, not the first one, but just like... It's any franchise building because, like, the first Godzilla, I didn't know what they were gonna if they were gonna keep going with it. I just knew, oh, we're gonna reboot Godzilla, and in a sense, it works as a good companion to the to the original, the the original one that started it all. But um, and just how that character's evolved. But like, I don't need a self serious tone in everything I see that's a franchise and whatnot. Like, not everything. I mean, I mean, definitely take it somewhat seriously because then, because I mean. Boston's pretty much destroyed, because Boston's the city that's destroyed, right? Right. Yeah. Because Boston's gone. Like, it's so, like, we should, we should acknowledge that. Yeah. Uh, hashtag um, RIP Boston. But, you know, yeah. Yeah. Like, but, but, I and mean, so, like, because the, the issue that I'm getting at is that, like, because that happens in, like, the Transformers franchise, where, like, Chicago is just laid to waste in the Transformers franchise, and it doesn't feel that way. Like, we need to find that, like, this kind of film where there's these giant titans fighting each other. Titans is what they call them in this film. These giant creatures and monsters fighting each other. You do need to have some kind of remorse and kind of to make it seem like things are still important. And, like, to be like, okay, we lost an entire city. We need to acknowledge that. But also, Were people evacuated it's giant monsters and giant robots. Let's have fun with it, too. <laughs> like, um, what were you saying, Brad? Were people evacuated from Boston before they showed up? Because, you know... It seems like everyone in Boston would be dead yeah. in that fight. I mean, there's a lot of dead bodies in this film. If, I didn't see any yeah. on screen, so I was confused. It's a Warner Brothers pattern. <laughs> um, no, uh, I mean, I, again, though, like, like I'm, I, I agree, take it seriously, but also, but it's just, it's, it's, there seems to be like too austere an attitude towards it. Like, there, you know what I'm talking about, Henry? Like, not everything has to be so dire. Like, my favorite parts of this film is when they broke that, bro, bro, created some levity. Like, Bradley Whitford's my favorite actor in the movie. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. he's, he's the funniest part to me because he's just kind of cracking wise and doing his thing. I mean, like, yeah. not, every, not everything he says is funny, but I kind of appreciate him just being there and just chiming in every so often. Um, and I like Ken, yeah, I mean, and I like Ken I Watanabe think, in it, too, but, you know. Yeah. Like, I think... Uh, 
Skull Island did a good job of kind of balancing the two. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Skull of the three films that come out, I think Skull Skull Island is probably the best one. Um, but uh, you just need, it, it's a difficult line to kind of draw. Uh, but I think it is a line that is necessary for this franchise, or just go completely goofy with it, like which is what most of the Godzilla films are, like. Most of the Godzilla, I mean, people in the original King Kong versus Godzilla film, when like because the plot of that film, if you want, if, if you don't want to watch the video, um, the plot of that film was basically that like King Kong and Godzilla start fighting, uh, King Kong is destroyed immediately, and then Japan's like, well, shit, Godzilla's here now, um, <laughs> and so they're like, well, I guess we have, our best bet is to have King Kong do it again, and so it's the stupidest shot in cinematic history. Of where they teleport King Kong via giant fucking balloons to <laughs> Godzilla to fight. I'm so desperate for the same shot to be in the film next year. <laughs> <laughs> but like, just get goofy with it. If you don't, if like, if if you can't draw that line and you can't, because I would much rather have it be super goofy than super serious. Yeah, no, I I agree. It's uh, I mean, again, there's. I'm I'm trying to like think like I mean like I don't want to shit on the film necessarily like but, but it is but like those are like like I said those are my only complaints as, as a Godzilla as a Godzilla observer like I enjoyed it because I saw Godzilla smashing shit. Yeah. Um, this is a perfect. This film is a perfect example of a still listening too much to the audience reaction. Um, like yeah, they I, did ex- they did exactly what people wanted. People were mad. they did exactly what people told them to do after the first Godzilla film came out. Here's yeah. the thing: people who watch movies are fucking idiots. Don't yeah, listen no, yeah, to oh, us. Oh yeah, no, we're no, not, we don't know what we want. <laughs> yeah, audiences are stupid. We don't know what we want. Like any of us, like all of us, like as we're talking and we're explaining what we want right now, we don't even know what we fucking want. Um, but I know it, what I want. But well, I mean, like I I I wanna I wanna if you wanna be my lover. No, um, I think that. At the end of the day, like, if they can just, like, keep it as fun as they are on the track right now between Kong, Skull Island, and this one, like, I, I mean, I, I'd like to go see this movie again, like, because there was some stuff that I kind of missed in terms of the visual action, because, again, there there are bright light sequences in this film, so just be aware of that. Um, but there, it's not like a strobe, but it's just, like, it, it'll blare at you for a little bit. Um, but I the visuals are astounding, and I thought Bear McCrary's score is absolutely astounding for this movie I, it was one of the best scores i've heard this year um so yeah i mean i i think it's definitely worth your time um and if anything it maybe it'll encourage you to look at henry's video and then also like go back and watch some of these films because they are fun like in spite of like 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 they're, they're, in spite of like any shittiness involved in terms of a story or whatnot like they are fun to watch like you like watching the battles even though they're because there's a handmade quality to them so I mean, like one thing when I was wa- when I was first watching through all of these films, the thing that I realized is that no one is really a fan of Godzilla. <laughs> they don't because if you're fa- like not like in the way that like the MCU has fans or Star Trek has fans, people just watch the fights. Like people are fan are people are really fans of the TV show Godzilla Island, which is the Japanese show where it's just fights. That's right. what you watch the stuff of. Um, so it's just like. There's just a lot. Godzilla is the most misunderstood franchise in the entire cinematic world. Well, especially if you if you pick up the Criterion of the original Gojira, um, you you learn about what he was working, what what Honda was working towards. And oh then, yeah, I mean, you, I mean, I like my video does not really go into the history, especially with Ishiro Honda and kind of his development, as well as the development of uh, Junko of uh, oh god, what's his name? Junko Funda, I think is his name. The other 
Jeff, the other guy directing during the uh, Hensi era or um, the Showa era. Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to remember. Um, um, but it's but it's like Motoyoshi Oda or no John? No, 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 no. It's not him. Um, it's the guy who who created Mechagodzilla. Um, uh, let me look it up real quick. But it's just uh. I mean, like, the other thing is that, like, the Ishiro Honda was best friends with, uh, what's his name? Akira Kurosawa. To the point when, when he retired, he ended up just being his, uh, Akira Kurosawa's AD until he died, basically. Um. Right. So, I mean, I mean, I mean, and again, I will never claim to be the fan that you are, but, like, I'm not, like, and I'm not knowledgeable in it in the least, but, like, I mean, Gojira is, like, is, is an important pop culture, like, like like a, a, a something to examine because it does spawn off this franchise, but there is an allegory to it that was intentional and that you know is worth examining. No, yeah, and and you can look and you can see that in all of in of like the core monsters. That's all there too. Like uh, Mecha, uh, not Mecha. Um, King Ghidorah represents just evil, like at its core. Right. Um, there there is never well, besides one film, which doesn't really fucking count. Um, but every single time that King Ghidorah is present in the film, he's the antagonist. It's when it's like because that's what's going to happen in King Kong versus Godzilla. They're going to fight, and then King Ghidorah's going to show up, and they're like, "Ah, fuck!" And they have to go f- beat his ass. And then <laughs> and then that's what happens every single time. He just represents pure evil because uh, Godzilla's not a good guy either. Godzilla is not the good. He's not the hero of these films. <laughs> well, he's no, the no, bad he, guy. He, yeah, he's gonna smash things too. Like everybody tries to think. Yeah, he can shame him. If you want, him. if you want a hero, that's uh, Mothra. Mothra is the most pure. Yeah. Um. But uh. <laughs> he's like Gamera. <laughs> yeah, you fucking Gamera. Um. I, I'm sorry. I'm an MST3K fan, so Gamera's friend yeah. to children. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah. There's also the the one Godzilla film where. Elementary schooler becomes best friends of Godzilla for fucking whatever reason. Um, uh, Jun Fukuda is the uh, name of the other director, by the way. Oh, uh, okay. Um, but it's like you can see the stark difference between their two directing styles because Ishiro Honda knows what he's doing and is trying to make something with su- substance, mm-hmm. whereas he, uh, Fukuda is not. Fukuda is just making blockbusters. And it's two very different ways to approach the, approach the franchise, and Fukuda won in the end. Uh, and. Uh, but anyway, uh, I'm not going to talk much else about it. It's it's very it's a Godzilla film. Just if you want like a good Godzilla film to check out, um, that, the ones that I would recommend at least, um, Godzilla against Mechagodzilla in 2002 is the one I was talking about where it's about the pilots. That one's fun. If you want just like fighting, uh, Godzilla Final Wars in 2004 is fun. Um, pre- a lot of I'm not a huge fan of them, but all the stuff in the uh, high C era, which is like the '90s, uh, those are pretty fun. Um, they can they have their problems, but they're they can still be fun. And I think those have I think uh, Godzilla vs. Destroya in '95 is very well done. Uh, it's pro- that's prob I want to say it's probably the best Godzilla film. But uh, what? No, no, yeah, no. I, you say I wouldn't say it was. It's the best one. So I thought you. Were, I thought there was an attachment to that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of what else would beat it. Because Destroy All Monsters is like the definitive one. That's like the Avengers of which. I mean, if they're gonna make a, another Godzilla film, I can guarantee you it'll be called Godzilla Destroy All Monsters. Mm-hmm. Which would be a cool um, title to see up on a screen again, you know? But yeah, I mean, it's better than the other options. Yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah, and then also, I mean, the original film with Ghidorah, Ghidorah the Three Headed Monster in '64. 
is fucking insane. And I want everyone to see it, because it makes no fucking sense. And it's so goddamn complicated, but it's so much fun. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, I, I, and... I mean, like, because, like, yeah, the only one that I can honestly recommend with a strong, bold face is the original one, and um, I guess maybe even Godzilla Rides again, like, just because I've kind of looked at those two. I wouldn't recommend that film at all. I don't recommend. I don't recommend it like as a good film. I kind of recommend it as just a watch. It'd be like this is kind of where the birthing process begins for Godzilla. But also, I've heard a lot of people really like Rodan in this film Uh, because Rodan's sequence in this film is pretty fucking dope. don't watch the Rodan film. (laughs) Every other time Rodan is in this franchise is awful. So don't bother. He's been the same franchise throughout, but don't bother with it. It's not anything that is cool. Yeah. Three headed monster is, is a, is, is, is a, a fascinating watch to say the least. Um, I mean, I agree. It is very, it's, it's needlessly complicated, but you know, it gives it, it, it. That's his. That's Ghidorah's origin point. So um, yeah, but or also I'd also another one. Everyone because I was talking to some people at Comic Con about it this year. Uh, Shin Godzilla came out a couple years ago. I saw that one's ama- that one's great. I still haven't seen it. So if you want like an actual like really good uh, of someone who interpreted Godzilla differently, it, it's a very different interpretation of Godzilla, but it's an interpretation that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Um, I would strongly recommend that film. Right on. Cool. Well, there you go, guys. We had a lot of Godzilla information. The bottom line is, if you want to watch Smashy Smash Smash, uh, watch Godzilla King of the Monsters. If you want a much more detailed take on this franchise, uh, first of all, watch Henry's video, and secondly, pick up on those titles he mentioned. And like I said, I would look at the origin point of it with Godzilla and Godzilla Rides Again, which I think are both on Criterion. Um, so you can they are yeah. So you I can, mean, if, if you have the Criterion channel, like their streaming service, they're both on there. Yeah, so you can actually kind of like I mean, like again, Godzilla Rides Again not really great, but you can like you can see the origin point and where this where Honda's vision and another vision kind of deter at the at, at a separation point. So it's it's interesting. Yeah. Um, but anyway, cool. What are we seeing next week? Next week is Dark Phoenix. Oh. <laughs> Wow, judging it's, already. No, we, no, no, I'm not judging. I'm just I'm I'm curious to see what what so many delays looks like. Yeah. Cuz this is more than I think this has been delayed more than any project I'm thinking of recently in terms of we already <laughs> I can think movie. I can think of one that's been delayed more. Well, yeah, the man who killed Don Quixote and it turned out to be No, just I'm fine. thinking of the New Mutants which started at the exact same time. Oh, that's that right. For 2 that, years. Yeah, and they're not even going to release that till 2020, right? 2021. Wow. No. I, yeah. Wait. Oh, I read it wrong. Then I thought 2020. Shit. Oh, they're I just. Think gonna... I think the thing I read said they had to reshoot like over 50 percent of the film. Oh yeah. Oh oh god no. It's gonna be a nightmare. well because all of the people grew up. Like, and so they have to reshoot <laughs> it. Like maybe they could do it like it and it chapter two. <laughs> yeah. Um, just yeah. new mutants chapter two. Don't worry about chapter one. We're not going to talk about that one. <laughs> cool. Well, then... so check that out, and then um, the week after that. You'll finally get to hear our 400th episode. 400, wow. 400 episodes. Uh, Henry, you were here for that when we recorded it? I was. Um, the whole gang was there, even James, before pre-fatherhood James. So Yeah. No, you shouldn't say that. Make like make people think that it's uh, in real time. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you should hear that James will be talking all about his ca- kid during that, you know? Yeah, that he hasn't had yet. Yeah, that he hasn't had yet, yeah. He, Ignore he, what we said earlier. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so uh, also this week, check out uh, our live episode from Denver Pop Culture Con. We'll post that too. Yep. Um, uh, I don't you, think I don't think I'll amend it to this one. I'll just keep it as a separate. Um, oh, so, so it's not part of the official count. 
Yeah, so so watch your feed. Uh, you'll get a bunch of uh, new stuff this week because I just posted the Booksmart and Brightburn today. Yeah, and go see Booksmart in theaters because apparently not everybody's seeing it. I don't know. Yeah, know. it did okay this week. It didn't I, drop I, too much. You know what? I you know what? I don't click on them, but I read an article going like, "Here's why Booksmart failed," and then they're like, "Here's why Booksmart's going to succeed," and I'm just like, "I just just go watch the fucking movie. I don't fucking care. <laughs> I don't need a think piece on this, and I don't know why this is cluttering my feed." Um. So, Henry, thanks for joining us from New York. Of course. You probably won't hear me from me for a while, because I'm pretty nerded out at the moment. But, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. We'll, we'll let you retire for a little he's bit. He's done with us <laughs> for a bit. Are you going to retire for eight years and then come back and fight Tom Hardy in a mask? Listen, I'll be back to review Avatar 2. <laughs> um, oh, so never. You're coming back never. <laughs> this is my retirement. <laughs> but thanks for being on here to share with us your, your Godzilla knowledge. Of course. Yeah, no. I didn't, I, listen, I didn't dedicate, like, 140 hours of my life to nothing, so. I love it. Thank you, Henry. I appreciate it. And actually, I'm going to check out, I'm going to recheck out, I'm, I've got to rewatch Three-Headed Monster now, because, like, yeah, I remember this. <laughs> I that don't one also might be on Criterion, I'm not positive. Um, I was looking at the listings of, like, the companies that are owning them or releasing them, and, like, Criterion I only saw on two of them, which was Godzilla and Godzilla Rides Again, but I could be wrong. I know they own at least one more, so. Nice. Right I, I'm pretty sure they own War of the Gargantuans as well. Right on. Cool. All right. Well, until next week. Yes. Yeah, see you next week when we talk about Dark Phoenix. All right. Bye. Yay. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout-out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening, and have a nice day.